The following message was recorded at Christ Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. For more information about Christ Church, visit www.ccbartlett.org. One and the opposite of each other. Psalm 86 and 5 says, You, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to the children's children. Now, grace may be defined as God giving me blessings I do not deserve nor can earn. Now think about that. That's grace. Grace is a gift. Every time you hear the word grace, it's just a gift. You don't deserve grace. You don't earn grace. Grace is something that is just freely, lovingly given. Okay? Uh, it's, 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 even for most presents, most presents are expected. You send out this time of year uh, graduation notices. Uh, you know, you get one of those, what's, you're kind of expected to come up with a little something. You get a wedding invitation. They don't care that you come to the wedding or not. Send a present. <laughs> you know, uh, but mo- Christmas time. So you're sitting, at, you're sitting at your house, Christmas time, and nobody gives you a present. Nobody. Everybody opens their presents at the Christmas tree, and you're sitting there, and you don't get anything. You going to have your feelings hurt? Well, it was a present, but you were expecting a present, okay? I, I paid for it all anyway. Surely somebody's <laughs> going to use my money and buy me a present. <laughs> and uh, so you, you, most even, so grace is better than a present. Grace is never earned. It's never expected. It's just always freely given. And God gives us grace. Boy, aren't you glad God gives us grace instead of just throwing you out there and say, earn it all yourself? Just get it all yourself. You know, you can call it faith, you can call it luck, you can call it whatever you want to, but hey, every now and then you just got to say, I didn't deserve that. That was better than I deserved. Okay? That's grace. God giving you blessings you do not deserve nor can earn. Now, mercy is the backside of that. Mercy is God withholding judgment and punishment that I do deserve. Mercy is God withholding judgment and punishment that I do deserve. So, are you not glad when you get mercy? Now, the Bible's very true. The Bible says that whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. Whew. Thank God there's some crop failures. Now, a farmer doesn't want crop failure. A farmer puts seed in the ground. He wants, a pro, he wants produce from that, okay? But aren't you glad that every seed you sowed didn't come up? 
Aren't you glad some of the seeds you sowed thwarted and withered and died somewhere along the way before it got, you saw the evidence of it. You said, oops, I hope somebody doesn't see that. I hope somebody doesn't notice that. You go home to your parents and say, you know, this happened. And you're just expecting the roof to cave in. And somehow they give you a little mercy and you say, boy, that, or, you know, it was always my case. I would be so angry at the time. I said, okay, you're grounded for the rest of your life. Well, they knew that wasn't true. So they knew all they had to do is be good a couple of days and I'd get over it. <laughs> and, then, and then I had to go back to what I really did mean, which is probably all I wanted you to do, knucklehead, was pay attention to begin with. So now that I've got your attention, we'll, we'll move on, okay? But there's a lot of mercy out there that God has lovingly given us and all the dumb things we did did not come to fruition. But while grace is free, mercy is not free. Grace is free. God, out of the abundance of his riches can just grace us and 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 grace us. When's God going to run out of grace? When's God going to go broke? When's God going to run out of good things? When is God not going to be able to give good loving gifts to, to generation after generation after generation? Boy, isn't that precious. So grace God freely gives. Mercy is never free. Mercy is always at a cost. Somebody's cost. And so the Bible tells me this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You sow to the flesh, you're going to of the flesh reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. That's true and it never changes. So if we get anything better than that, we get mercy. But that mercy cost. Grace is free. He can continue to bless you and bless you and bless you. But when God comes to mercy, somebody pays because those two laws never change. The law of the harvest, the reaping, and the, and the, the sowing and reaping never changes. And the law of the wages of sin never, ever changes. So, what happens? Well, God cannot ignore or wink at sin. He is not just going to lift up the back tent flap of heaven and let us sneak in. Now, that's a reference to when I was a little boy. <laughs> you know, there's certain things, and it's generally always sin, that sticks in your mind. I mean, really sticks in your mind. See, I was a little boy. I was raised in Union City, Tennessee. And the fair came to Union City every year in the last week of September and the first week of October. Always there was a, the, the Obine County Fair. 
And on Friday night, first Friday night of the fair, the Hoochie Goochie show opened up. Every year. Now, you know, I done got 12, 13 years old before I really done caught on to all this, you know. But uh, I, uh, it, it always, always opened up. And every Tuesday in the daily paper, we had this little, uh, the little uh, daily messenger, we called it the daily disappointment. We'd, it'd, come, it'd come every day. And uh, uh, always on Tuesday of fair week, the police had shut down the Hoochie Goochie show. They always opened on Friday and always got closed on Tuesday. Wonder, that was amazing to me. That, that the police could never figure out that it opened on the first day. Why it took them, I mean, we're, we're a small town. They got two cop cars. You, you understand? Everybody knows everybody. How did it take them from Friday to Tuesday to figure out there was a Hoochie Goochie show in town? Because they wanted it to stay open for the first weekend. It drew big crowds. Well, I couldn't get in. I was too young, except we learned if we went to the back tent flap, we could crawl under the tent, and nobody ever noticed we were there. Can you imagine 11, 12, 13-year-old boys standing there on the front row, (laughs) and nobody knew we were there? Well, you see, they knew they probably were, were, were generating customers for life. <laughs> That's why the bootlegger never went out of business either. Every year in my little hometown, bootlegger got busted twice a year. Big articles in the paper. They'd got all of his whiskey, broke it, and poured it down a drain. He was in business the next day, never went to jail. I never did understand it. But I'm telling you, twice a year, bootlegger got busted and was always in business, never went out of business. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of things in life that just goes on unnoticed, right? A lot of things just nobody pays attention to. And I think a lot of people think mercy's that way. Mercy's one of the things that God just kind of ignores our sin. He loves us, you know, God's love, God forgives, and so everybody's going to get to heaven because sooner or later, God will just let you slip through the back tent flap. It don't work that way. The law of God is certain and it's set. There's no sin in heaven. Sin doesn't get to sneak in. It's permanently and forever locked out. So, How is it that we get mercy? Mercy and forgiveness are available because Jesus paid the death penalty for sin by dying on the cross. He paid the death penalty. I was just looking at this this morning. Just, this is off the deal. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 53. Now, you can do this. This is not hard. Uh, you that's got the little, the little mechanical Bibles, you know how to do those on your phone. 
if you got to use the pages, there's always one easy way to find Isaiah. Look on the front page of your Bible and see what page it's on, and look up the number. If not, you just start flipping right hand from Psalms, and it's a great big book. It's hard to miss, Isaiah. <laughs> and go to chapter 53. Now, Isaiah chapter 53 is a prophecy. This prophecy was some 600 years ahead of Jesus. Okay? And here's what the prophet Isaiah was able to see by way of the Holy Spirit prior to the Lord Jesus. Who has believed our report? I'm in verse 1 of Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, now this starts the prophecy, and there's a he involved. We'll learn that this he is Jesus. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we did, as it were, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And it was by his stripes we're healed. Now we've all gone like sheep and gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. Now listen carefully. There was a debate oh, for centuries, but it kind of cultivated as a trick of Hitler to blame the Jews for killing Jesus. They got to be bad people because they killed Jesus. Well, everybody, you killed Jesus. <laughs> I killed Jesus. <laughs> That's who killed Jesus. Sin killed Jesus. But you want to know who killed Jesus? Who laid the death blows on Jesus? God did. God took his own son and laid the death blows on him because Jesus paid the price for our sin. Amen. That's where mercy came from. Grace is free. Mercy was costly. And it was paid for on the back of Jesus Christ and the one who initiated the pound of flesh was God himself. God punished Jesus for you and for me because he loved us. And so there was a, Ron Citrin says there was a, a, a time in, there was a, in space time in history, space time in history, literally there was a, one day, one day, one person, one time hanging on Calvary's cross that God gathered up all the sin of all the whole world. Going back to Adam, 
and whenever the most future man is and all of us in between. And he gathered up all that ugly sin and all the consequences of all that ugly sin. You know, the part of the beauty of heaven is there's no evil or consequences of evil. There's no evil or consequence of evil. And all of that was rounded up, space, time, and history, and put on Jesus, piled up on Jesus in Calvary 2,000 years ago. And God laid the death blows. Yes, it was at the hand of the Romans. Yes, the Jews were, uh, you know, trickery and, and lies and so forth. But it was my sin, your sin, the world's sin. It was God who spanked Jesus who laid the death blows so that mercy could be won for all of us. Mercy is very expensive. Mercy was paid out on the back of Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. Grace is cheap. It's free. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. God just gives it to us. Ah, but mercy. Mercy's not winking at sin. You know, you can, you can say to me, I can say to you, oh man, I, you say, what I owe you? Oh, you don't owe me nothing. Forget it. Forget it. Nothing. We can say that. But God can't. Because judgment, justice demands, God's justice demands payment in full for sin. God's justice demands payment in full for sin. And it was done on the back of Jesus Christ. Now, folks, this is the miracle of the gospel. The miracle of the God. This is why we believe what we believe. You see, we believe that a virgin lady had a baby. I don't know how it happened. It doesn't matter. God did it. It's a miracle. Go like that. But he was all flesh, and he was all God at one time in the same little body. In the same body. And so he had to grow just like a human person grows. And he got grown and he was still God. And the God man, Jesus, was put on the cross and beat to death for our sin. But because he was man, he could bleed and die for us. The wages of sin is he bled and died. But because he was God, he was powerful enough to make it effective for all who believe. You see, he's God's omnipresent. What's that mean? He lives all the time in every age. He was back in the garden with Adam and Eve. He'll be wherever last man is. You understand? He'll be in all of eternity. He's always been in eternity. Jesus is God. He's omnipresent. Not only is he omnipresent, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. How much sin could he die for? How much sin, unlimited amount of sin he could die for? He's omnipotent. You understand? He was all-powerful. He lived in every age. And he's omniscient. 
means he knows everything. That means he died for you and knew it. He knew you and loved you anyway. And the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get good. Well, he'd still be waiting, wouldn't he? <laughs> he didn't wait for us to get good. He didn't wait for us to get better. He didn't wait on anything. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, God really doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Do you know that? He didn't, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God didn't even create hell for people. Matthew 25, 41, then he will say to those on his left hand, depart from me, you cursed and everlasting fire. Prepared for what? The devil and his angels. The only way you can be lost and, and, and eternally damned is by rejecting Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way. You can say, no, no thank you God, I will not believe in Jesus. I will not trust and believe in Jesus. And then you've created your own lostness. You understand? But he's not willing that any should perish. The sin of the whole world was put on him. And it's there for a choosing for people to believe. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God has always anticipated and expected us to be with him. And he made the arrangements through Jesus Christ. Revelation 13 and 8 says, The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Before men were created in the mind, eternal mind of God, Jesus had already died for our sin. Before he scooped up a handful of dirt to make Adam, who he knew was going to rebel and turn on him, he'd already made provision for Adam to be saved. His sins forgiven on the back of Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world. The only way you can go to hell is reject Jesus. The cowardly, the faithless, the unbelieving, the abominable murderer, sexual immorality, the sorcerers, the adulterers, all liars shall have their part which burns in the lake of fire and brimstone. You reject Jesus and turn to a way of against God when we believe and trust in who he is and what he did on the cross our sins are forgiven and we have everlasting life God so loved the world that's you and me he gave his only son 
whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. His grace gave us mercy. And not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. I don't, have to, I don't have to understand all the big words. What I have to know is God killed Jesus for my sin. He paid sin's price. You understand? God punished Jesus. The death penalty was meted out on Jesus because God loved me. So what do I do about all this? You know, Here's what I did. There was a time in my life I took a little imaginary trip. Took a little mental trip to the foot of the cross. Just kind of a little picture in my head. I went to the foot of the cross. I fell down there before Jesus who was bleeding and dying. And I looked up and I said, thank you for dying for me. I accept you and trust you as my Lord and Savior. That's the only way I know how to say it. You understand? I acknowledged what, who he is and what he did for me. Son of God died for me. And I trusted and believed that that to be true. He's my Savior. I trust he's your Savior today. I trust you know him and believe in him. And if you hadn't, you can right now. It's so easy. You know, a lot of people reject Christianity because it's so easy. There's got to be more to it than that. Terry, the other day, I stopped at my little store. I was a little Muslim guy in there, and he's going to witness to me. Now, I'm excited about this, Terry. I really am. You know, this guy's going to share his faith with me. So I listen. And he goes to this big, he gets, he gets a, uh, a pitcher. He gets a cup of water. And he puts it in a big pan. But he sets this little cup of water down. And he said, this is the way we're born. We're born innocent and clean. And he hadn't read all of his Bible because the Bible says that we're born in sin. But nonetheless, he had this little clean cup of water. And then he grabbed up a pot of coffee. And he started pouring the coffee into the clear cup of water. And what happened? It turned all murky and dirty. And he said that's what happened. Life and, and sin ruins our little clean heart. And he picks up another cup of water. And it was the Koran and the teachings of, of Muhammad. And he starts pouring it in there. And he said, look, look, he cleans it up. And I said, it does. And I picked up the coffee and poured it back in there again. I said, don't problem is sin messes it up again. I'm going to carry my cup of water in there. And my cup of water is going to be wrapped in cellophane. <laughs> and you can pour coffee on it all day long. But the Holy Spirit has sealed it clean because Jesus made it clean. You understand? Now you can have that. 
You can have a clean heart, a sealed heart by the power of God by trusting Jesus right now and believing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I mean it. Let's just be real serious for one minute. This not for me. Man, I'm not even looking. I don't care. I do care, but I mean, I'm not caring to look. I'm not caring to identify. I'm just caring that it's real. And if you want to believe and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know you hadn't. You've been practicing religion. You've been been playing around, pussyfooting around with church and so forth. But you're serious right now about trusting and believing in Jesus Christ. I just want you to just raise your hand. Boom. Straight up. Come on. Yep. I see it. I see it. Anywhere else? I see it. Okay. Anywhere else? Just as real as it can be, today's the day. Boom. I believe. I trust, I believe. Maybe you'd say, I'm not real sure, but I'm clear about it today. I'm just as clear as I can be. So, so if rather than to be unsure, I'm going to say today, and I'm going to raise my hand today. I'm going to just be real sure today. Okay, I saw it. I, I agree. I did the same thing one time. I wasn't sure. It was all cloudy and murky, and I finally understood it one day. I said, Whoop, yep, me too. I'm in. Okay. All right. That's it. Yes, sir. Great. Thank you, ma'am. Amen. Love you. Amen. Amen. All right, I don't know what's going to happen from now on. I did what God told me. Uh, we're going to sing, and uh, I'll be here if anybody wants to come, wants to tell me what's going on, wants prayer. Some of the other elders and, and other uh, lay people in the church love Jesus. Be here to pray with you. Let's let God have a minute and see what he's going to do, okay? Lean on.